What is going on, everybody? We are back again this week with another podcast for you. Before we kick that off, though, man, some of the events we got coming up. We've got the Crawfish Boil on April 13th. Uh, tickets are available right now. If you're just going to come to the boil and not going to do the poker run for the Mud Bug Bash and poker run, the tickets are $45. And if you're just going to do the poker run, uh, the poker run tickets are $45. Now, that being said, uh, the combo tickets are $85, so you're saving a little money if you're going to do both. By buying the combo ticket but if you pre-register now for the poker run you're going to use whatever email you would like to use for your one year free membership to spartan forge spartan forge is a mapping app a lot like onyx uh, or you know think like onyx or hunt sand but better uh the features in some of our, in some of our area here in central florida we have the uav feature which is the hands down the clearest and most up-to-date imagery you're going to get when you're looking at it aerial imagery so you can also go if you want to get a table uh there's a sponsor table for 700 bucks that is just a table no special goodies uh the bronze table comes with a hunter court cooler the silk for a thousand dollars the silver table for fifteen hundred dollars um you're gonna get your choice of uh henry big boy 44 magnum a six hour uh, P365 macro or a CZ Bob White. Uh, and then the gold table for $2,300, you can choose between a Sig Sauer Legion 10 millimeter, a Browning Hell's Canyon XR rifle, uh, your caliber of choice, or a Browning Wicked Wing, A5 Wicked Wing, your caliber of choice. So, psh- jump on it get you some sweet guns get you a table 10 tickets uh for the poker run and the crawfish boil uh if you want to sponsor one of the holes it's 300 bucks that's going to get you a banner at the poker stop a little bit of business advertisement for you there and or uh, you know community sponsor you name your price so we'd love to have you guys come out and join us it is a heck of a time man just a great community of people get together to help for a good cause raise money for tin can the ticket link is down in the podcast description. So we'll hope you guys will grab some tickets, surf around, figure out what fits your budget. Come join us. It's going to be a blast out of the Jolly Gator Fish Camp in Geneva, Florida. Then after that, from 27 April to 1 May, we have our annual Swanee River Fishing Expedition. Uh, this year, tickets have gone up in price to 160 bucks, But uh, with that price increase, you're, you are being provided breakfast and dinner cooked for you every day by Ben, the crazy river cook. And it's going to be just a really laid back, awesome experience. So I hope you guys will join us. That tickets are going to go off sale on that beginning of April because we got deposits to pay for outfitters. We got to pay Ben. Uh, We got to get everything paid up and then we'll be on the river, man. It's going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. It's one of those trips where it's a full system reset. You're going to go this year, and then you'll be there every single year after that. You, you, When you leave, before you get off the water, you'll be asking me, when are we going to do this next year? Happens every time. So this week, uh, just the crew hanging out, you know. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, standing your ground against black bears and the bill that's coming up in there in the Florida house for that. Uh, hunting land availability. Uh, the exclusion zone study, some of the guests we have coming up here in the future, we're looking forward to talking to, and uh, a little bit about hunting over bait. So, 
enjoy it. Before we kick the show off, though, let's talk about Hasbro Outdoor products. Now's the time to be preparing for the 24-25 season. And in doing that, you should be going through your equipment, replacing stuff that's worn out. When you're doing that, maybe you want to look at replacing that climber seat. You probably should. Hop down to the podcast description, click on their link, use code UPO10 at checkout, or UPO15 at checkout, and get 15% off your next order. Let's jump into the show. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Yeah, I had to hit the record button instead of the play button. It went back to whatever the last thing I recorded was, I guess, which was the intro to last week's podcast. Oh, oh I, I'm your host, Will Krebs. I got Jim in here with me tonight. Yes, sir. Back from the dead. I haven't been dead. Rumors <laughs> of my death are greatly exaggerated. And uh, <laughs> Dad, Bill. Hello. Jordan is at the hospital fixing to become a dad. Here in the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, we'll see him again in 14 or 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, remember, guys, what happens on the 14th could carry you into hunting season, so be careful. That that lines up with the rut. Yeah. So, just remember. Yeah. Be careful. <laughs> That's all I got to say. That's right. But... Oh, man. Well, we had a guest. They backed out last minute, so here we are. We haven't just sat down and, and talked in quite a while. Man, this podcast is going to be a banger. You watch. Well, we had to bring Jim back to life. <laughs> it's taking that long. Well, uh, that's right. Last week, I was volunteering for something else. Yeah. La- well, last week, you you had your uh, you had a dinner that would have put you here just after 730, but we had to move it for- move the recording forward per guest request so uh me. please silence your cell phones it's not me it's definitely you me. <laughs> uh, okay, it's it, me. yeah i know it was you um uh, i don't ever take my phone off silent you know it's kind of funny i see that the, the meme like you know when i was when cell phones became like a, a more common thing we had was the time. I remember when the first camera phone came out, we wanted to pay for ringtones and have special ringtones. Oh, now yeah. this thing makes a noise. <laughs> I'm aggravated. Yeah. yeah. Not anything more than. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really like I leave my phone on silent mode for fear that I'll, I'll forget to turn it back to silent mode before I go to the tree stand. And it does exactly what yours did. Well, when the deer standing there. But what about the dreaded of the next tail? Could you put, well, you could put that on silent too, I'm sure, at one point. I, I, yeah, you could. But, I mean, it was, you'd be sitting somewhere in a restaurant and not, if you, beep, beep. not when, me. When Josh went out to school, Michelle decided to, she's always slept with her phone in the room, and I understand. But then she decided to turn all the pingers and bingers on 
And then she decided to turn them up loud. But, you know, all kinds of weird things text you where you get a notification <laughs> or some friend's up at 2 o'clock in the morning and just has a random thought thinking that who in the world sleeps their cell phone next to their head? Yeah. The volume turned up. And all of a sudden, 2.30 in the morning, bing! And, of course, Mama of thinks, oh, my God, my baby's in trouble. No, it's one of your drunken friends texting you about some random thought. Or you get an email from a company that definitely doesn't need to be sending you emails at 2 in the morning. Yeah. Then well, we, we, I finally decided that it would be, you know, that whatever happens to him, he'll still be there in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing. If it's an emergency, either somebody else will get him or we'll go pick up the pieces in the morning. But well, if, if nothing you're going to do at 3 a.m. If it's an emergency and you send a text message. I would hope it would be a phone call if it's an emergency. You're right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I call the house. Oh. You still got a house phone? No, but they'll figure something out. They'll, yeah. they'll, you know. Do you still have a house phone? Yeah. Does yeah, it ever ring? No, I can't say that it has in quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is cryptic, but if you lost a, a really close loved one at 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and they called you at 3 o'clock in the morning, they say, oh my God, your loved one's dead. What are you going to do other than really lose a good night's sleep. Not sleep the news is going to be yeah. just as bad at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe you miss work. I mean, I wouldn't want you to tell me at nine o'clock either. I prefer for it not to happen, but I don't know that any time is better. One time is better than the other. I just know 3 a.m. is worse. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But before we, you know, started recording this, wrote a few things down we might want to talk about. So the, the first thing I got on the list is, uh, Florida has introduced a bill into the House to effectively, I guess, extend stand your gro- stand your ground to black bears, which in you know, like we discussed before, when you said that uh, people are just going to use that as an excuse to like legally kill bears, which that effectively wouldn't happen. It, it will, yeah. But uh, and that's the concern that a lot of people are raising. With that bill coming in there, but it's only natural, oh, right? Because, but the, they they do say that if you do that, you still don't. They take the bear, and FWC disposes of it. Obviously, you don't get to keep it. Well, then it's even dumber. Yeah, like that. Well, that's the whole yeah, point. I, to, I think I'm on record that I think hopefully I'm on record enough that people realize <laughs> that you know bear ham is something I very much look forward to in my future. So let's not get it twisted. Oh, that's but that thing. law is dumb. That's another thing we got coming up uh, sometime in March or maybe sooner. A uh, gentleman that uh, he's from Russia, uh, he hunts bears with Lycas, which are like Russian bear dogs. Mm. And he actually went back to Russia because Lycas are common in here in the U.S., but they're mainly used for squirrel dogs. They're not very big dogs. Uh, so you need a lot of them. No, two. <laughs> he uses two because they're not, they don't, uh, they don't bark on the trail like a hound does. They only bark when they tree. So they kind of almost ambush a black bear and they sneak up on it. And he said from what I've, you know, talking to him, he's like, when we're on a bear and the Lycas are out there, he said, you've got a, a maybe a 200 yard, two to 300 yard run and the bears in the tree. <laughs> no, I believe that. That's, that's part of the reason why I thought this law is kind of dumb. Yeah. Because every time I see a bear, you know, once it sees me, and with rare exception, if it's got cubs, it's hauling ass the other direction. People don't realize that. They, they, 
they think, oh, Bear Alfred. Well, unless you got a little yipping dog that where most instances happen that somebody's out walking their dog at night in one of these Sweetwater neighborhoods over where Jim lives in the Upper Cross side. And yeah, you say that you I've know? seen a friggin' monster in Terry's neighborhood right there in, in, in Mount Stony Dora, Brook. In Stony yeah. Brook. Yeah. 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 I've seen him in the I road in the middle that. of the morning. Uh, Terry was out walking, uh, Duke, her old dog at one point in the middle of the night and come around the corner and that sucker was coming up the hill out of that retention pond right there in front of her neighborhood. <laughs> I would support wholeheartedly the idea that if your dog is being mauled or your child is being mauled or, or frankly, if the bear's in your porch, if it's in your garage, any of those things that you should be able to put it down. So the bear, the, but the, I also think you should be able to either keep the meat or give the meat away, not just have to have the bear hauled away. Yeah. I think that a lot of that stuff, there should be an effort made to, uh, allow for the meat to be harvested and just go to hunters for the hungry. I think when they, when I'm they, hungry, right? But you're talking. I'm talking like donating meat. But, but, but what's the point if you can keep the meat? Then it's just legalizing a bear hunt in your front yard. No, no. I'm saying I, it has to be, you know, like in the premises, like within the within the footprint. Or so he or, rips uh, your or, screen down and comes in on your back screen porch. Exactly. That's I, legal. I have had him walk through my screen, Wouldn't walk in one do side, that one to of the an other. Intruder? Wouldn't you do the same to an intruder that was breaking in your house and break well, your screen down? And right, in? but the way it stands now, that's not legal. You you can't shoot that bear. You can't shoot the bear trying to make entry into your house. With the new law, if it's trying to get into your house, trying to get into your car, uh, you can shoot it over property damage, uh, like personal property or uh, like what to say, gross property damage of personal property. Uh, bodily harm to you, your, you know, someone else or your, your pets, um, several other things like that would make it legal to put the bear down. I guess I can get the, I mean, it's where you draw the line. Like if they're busting through your fence, can you shoot the bear? Like personally, I'm like, sure. But we're kind of, the whole point is what we really need is we need a well-regulated hunt. Right. That's 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 and then you you might still end up with some of these issues, but I, I could see both of them. But just the idea, like that, if you see a bear and it doesn't run away, that's what I'm worried about. You see a bear that doesn't run away uh, at first, that you got guys drawn down on it because that just seems like a way. Like you have guys leaving cat food and tuna fish out. Right. Oh yeah. Well, and, and then that, the bear will show up. Oh, stand on my ground. A catfish and t- they'll be sitting there eating tuna salad when they when the FWC. Yeah, it's trying to trying out. to attack my cat. Well, it's just trying to get to the food bowl you left outside where your cat also stays outside, which is already unlawful. Right. Sort of. It's supposed to be kind of like hunter harassment, except they've never prosecuted anybody for it. Yeah. Well, they got that lady on Moon Lake. I don't think she. You. Everybody gets threatened, but nobody gets prosecuted. They didn't ticket her. I don't think so. Has oh, has any more her. been said about the two bear cubs that were found in Marion County? I haven't seen anything. I didn't, I didn't either, so I didn't know if you'd... Did you hear about that? Were, nope. The Kodiak bears? Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> guy driving down the road sees these two bear cubs and calls calls the sheriff, calls 911, the sheriff shows up, and they were cubs probably, you know, yay tall, and... 
friendly as can be coming up, climbing into the car on her talking car, to side the car. She was talking to the talking to the cubs and, and uh, the guy's like, I, I don't believe these are black bears. And so they were domesticated. Yeah, they were obviously. getting yeah to and a degree. They, they found the guy who supposedly was a bear trainer. Yeah, and uh, I don't think he had permits for him or nothing. I, yeah, <laughs> just got it. great. Now we got to put your bears down. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Were they black bears or did no? They were Kodiaks. They were Kodiaks. They were grizzly. Yeah, fucking a. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were well, you know how that would end. Like, you know how that guy would have wound up eventually. Oh yeah, right. torn asunder. <laughs> yep, him and maybe three or four other people. But no, I mean, you say I say they're domestic. Have to have much you can domesticate something, right? Like a bear. I think you can train it. Uh, maybe not to eat you as long as it's got a full belly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, 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 I think you train a brown bear. As much as the bear decides it wants to be trained. Right. And that's the problem. The, the minute that it decides, I don't feel like being trained today. <laughs> Whack! That's like, that's like people. <laughs> One swipe. It's like people yeah. with, with pet monkeys. Oh, Lord. Man, you, there was that lady that the, had the, the pet chimpanzee, and then all of a sudden it went nuts and ripped her friend's face off. Yeah. Did they yeah. ever find that one that was running loose in Orange City? I have no idea. There was, was a, yeah, it was a monkey running loose in Orange City. I don't, I don't know if they figured it came from Silver Springs or like a Reese's monkey or mm-hmm. like a chimpanzee. No, it was like a Reese's monkey. Mm. You've seen videos of monkeys like ripping coconut husks apart with their bare hands, like it's not even an effort. Like the whole idea that you're like going to take on a chimpanzee is entire fallacy. A chimpanzee's going to tear your, your arms out of your sockets and beat you with them. <laughs> what I don't understand is the fact that the monkeys, the, the rhesus monkeys, are protected to a degree. Yeah, I don't understand that. Because you'll, you'll get them like all over feeders and, and stuff in the area, in private land in the area where they've got deer leases, and you're not supposed to shoot them. Not supposed to. Right. I, so. I'm quite confident that when those things show up at deer feeders, it's a whack, whack, whack. Yeah. <laughs> What size shot you think you'd need for that? A number four would handle that? I think I'd be whacking away at him with that rabbit to be handy. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about getting him out of the tree. Oh, yeah. <coughs> well, we know what don't work on squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> I need a monkey. Not those monkeys. They've got like uh, herpes, I think. A lot of them have herpes. I said eat. Yeah, I ain't touching nah. that thing. Uh-uh. Heck no! Really? You Heck think like, no. like well, you ate that like peep- that, the uh, egg salad sandwich from the convenience store. You probably would eat a monkey. I'd eat a monkey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess if you can stomach that, you can stomach anything. You might wear some gloves, and you know, I'm they got like you they got like for that sandwich. They got like people herpes, like the kind that. You well, can, they're they're monkeys. I'd assume mm-hmm. you could catch it. They're not that far off from us. I don't know. I'd still eat a monkey. Imagine trying to explain that to your wife. Yeah, <laughs> I swear it's from the monkey. Must be the monkey. <laughs> what were you doing with the monkey, Jim? They say, well, that's what I said. I said I'd eat the monkey. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess you can get all kinds of diseases from everything. We eat pigs, especially yeah. oh, blood diseases and stuff like that. But I well, I mean, you can get thing. Uh, was it trichinosis? Brucellosis. Yeah. I worry more about brucellosis and trichinosis. Mm. Well, you know, uh, you and I were talking. Was it, yeah, maybe you know. I was talking to Briar today about um, 
And I talked to you some about it too. Alpha gal, which you get from ticks. Oh, that's the meat disease. Right? Yeah, I'm more concerned about that than I am getting yeah. bit by a rattlesnake. My hunting days would be over. But it's not. From everything I've read on it, it's not necessarily permanent. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but it can last for months to years. It just be a good diet for a while, anyway, Jim. I, I, I become a gardener. <laughs> well, you can yeah. you can still eat chicken. You, you and fish. Kill your own, kill your own oh, vegetables. I become a fisherman. Most of it, uh, the alpha gal, alpha gal is a protein that I say it's a protein that's found in mostly in mammals and more in some cuts of meat than others. So you could eat things like chicken and other wild uh, game birds. What about uh, a sandhill crane? That's a game bird, yeah. not a mammal. But Old it's red. Yeah, but it's red meat. Who knows? I don't know. Those things are ancient, like genetically or whatever. Like I don't know, but I'm cranes. seeing a whole lot more of them around here. Yeah, they ain't going anywhere. I saw probably 20 in a flock the other day out in the pasture. Up oh, North I don't. County. On the, I was telling him there's one runs around Eustace here that's got three bands on it. Yeah. It's got a money band and two regular leg bands. That sucker right there, I kind of see him every now and then. Big old bird. Kind of just start easing the truck towards the side of the road. <laughs> it was an accident, I swear. <clears throat> Can I still claim the cash reward on this band? <laughs> you know, we, we were talking about shooting the black bears. There's actually states, a lot of states, that if you hit a deer with your car, you can't keep it. Yeah, I think that's they don't let you. Too. They don't let you have it. That is absolutely ridiculous. Do you know where that is? One in particular? In Ohio, I think you have to, if you do keep it in Ohio, you have to tag it. So I know of states um, where you have to call if you hit one, if you want to keep it, and then they issue you a tag. Right, but there are states they come pick it up and take it. I had somebody tell me that the deer, that I that guy that hit it with the CRV, clocked it in the melon, that I should have reported that deer as a harvest, and I was like, no. Well, but the guy that killed it, I just took it. But yeah. I wasn't going to, you know. That doesn't count against your tags. That's roadkill. That's what I thought. You know, but back in the day before you had to report, if you had a hunting license, you didn't have to do anything. If you try to take a deer off the road outside of the season, or if you're not in possession of a hunting license, you're actually supposed to call and ask permission. Or well, they're actually supposed to come out and examine it. The one that the one that we took, uh, I guess it's roadkill. The doe that I shot in the head with a twenty two magnum pistol after she broke her neck. This was a few years ago. Um, we called the game warden before I put it down because she wasn't dead, but she wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And asked him, we're like, hey, this is the situation. This is how it went down. We left the area after she, you know, crossed the road in front of us and hit the fence. Came back 30 minutes later. She's still laying there. Pretty sure she broke her neck. What do you want to do? He said, well, you can put her out of her misery and then do whatever you see fit with her. I said, cool. This is Georgia, though. Yeah. Yeah, where you get to shoot 10 does a year. And yeah. Guys, you know, they, they have permit sticks. Whack them in the spring. Yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were turkey hunting, and I found one that had been hit by a car and had went maybe 10 yards into the wheat field and as i was walking to a spot to turkey hunt uh, i seen where it looked like something went in, had went into the wheat and i walked back in there and sure enough here's this doe flopping around where it'd been hit but was still alive and the, you know there was an area probably i don't know 
five, ten feet square that where she'd just been flopping back and forth in that nice wheat that was probably two feet tall. And uh, Jordan called the the uh, game warden up there, and the game warden said, "Dispatcher, you have it." Yeah, that was Georgia too. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, Most turkey meat we ever, I mean, deer meat we ever run home during turkey season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one I killed was in like June. It was the middle of summer. Yeah. Because we we've been riding around the ranger and I called you and told you we was bringing a deer back. <laughs> you mean while I was working? Yeah. I'm while you were riding the one. tractor, yeah. yeah. If I don't have that, I only killed two deer this year, plus the roadkill. So I was a little low. When did you get up there and kill you a deer? Um, man, I can't even remember which weekend it was, but I drove up on a Friday. I drove up on a Friday, drove straight to the stand, never went into my camp. Like I didn't even change. I think I just threw. I think I had jeans or whatever. I think I just threw on a jacket, went out there. I had two does come out to the feeder, and uh, dropped the first one, pink mist. And the second one stood there like, what What happened? And that's all she wrote. Bang, bang. <laughs> like 4.30 in the afternoon, I'm dragging the deer out. Or actually, when I got the four-wheeler, drag the deer out. The sun hadn't even set, and I was, head, I was heading south. I was heading to the processor. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> so I drove, I drove five hours up, sat in the stand for about two hours. I don't even know if it was two hours. Drove right back home, never even went to camp. <laughs> <laughs> went duck hunting the next day. Uh, what have you been doing with your deer up in Georgia since you can't bring them back now? I just took them to a processor. I had one made into summer sausage and the other one made into bacon burger, back straps. You know, just, I didn't kill enough deer to get, get sexy this year. That's a bit inconvenient. I've been trying to toss around the idea of what the heck I would do if we shot a dang decent buck out of state that I wanted to get shoulder mounted. Cause you can't, you can't bring the cake back. No, I'd have just taken that to a local guy, but yeah, but say you went to, dang, you were up in Tennessee. Ship it back. Yeah. All you can do is, yeah, well, you take you can debone it and bring it back. That's the only way you're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, you can bring the meat back that way, but and you could skull cap it and bring the antlers back, but you can't bring the hide in because, I mean, if they want to get picky about it, they can find, excuse me, you're supposed to have finished taxidermy. It'd have to be a tanned hide. I, I understand what all that's about, but. I don't know, man. I think sometimes it get a little ridiculous in the CWD thing. Yeah, I understand. That's what it's all based on. But if you're yeah. bringing back a deer caped to go get mounted, I mean, it seemed it would have been a whole lot easier to just be like, hey, taxidermist. You know? Like, right. Yeah, here's how you have to dispose of anything that came from out of state. But I guess yeah, then you put the emphasis on the taxidermist. They just said don't do it. And I'm sure people are doing it all the time, right? But – it's one oh, of those well, to keep you know what, what blows my mind is we drive directly from Alabama into uh, the county where CBD was found in Florida. Mm-hmm. And there is a like DOT checkpoint, what, 10 miles across the state line? <laughs> Not even that. Really? And pulling deer that. hunters over? It's about two miles. Never been anybody sitting there. Never. I've, All never, seen, I've never seen a Florida game warden going through that part, and I've been up there plenty. And have yeah. not seen one Florida. It's game it's like yet. the perfect area to sit yeah. and stop guys coming back into Florida, yep. and check coolers because there's pull off spots on either side of the road. Yeah, but they're not doing it. 
there's a lot of regulation and I think a lot of legislation that gets passed to make people feel like to address the folks that like somebody has to do something. But the the reality is it's largely unenforceable. From not that they won't if you get caught. Like if you happen to be doing something, you get caught doing that too. But come on, man, there's so many other things that wildlife officers are just deputy sheriffs and everything else got to focus on your 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 deer cape that i'd be kind of pissed off if they were actually going after that like well just it's a tremendous waste of resources all i'm saying is is of anywhere in the state of florida to be watching for that to happen because jordan has a buddy who got caught bringing deer meat back they took all of it took the antlers everything yep and he got a like a five or six hundred dollar fine. Really? Mm-hmm. When he got, and it was a trophy buck. When yeah. he got caught, what was he doing? Driving down seventy five, checkpoint, pulled him over. Really? Yep. Yep. Bringing the deer back from Kentucky or Missouri or something like that. Yeah, I don't know where they were at. But big old buck took the whole thing. Took the whole thing. I have a real issue with that. Why and, are you pulling me over? We think you might have deer. Where's your cause? Because I'm driving a pickup truck. Like, what? 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 What gave you cause to pull me over? Because that—that's where it all starts. You have right. to have cause, right? And I'd be like, No, well, you can't I, search shit. Well, we're gonna hold you. I'd be like, Under what grounds? I, how I'd how re- many times have you drove down the road and seen horns sticking out of the back of a pickup truck? Oh, here, well, here's that'd be different if the guy's got horns hanging out. But I, if, it, may, if it's in a may, cooler, yeah, come on. If the head's in a cooler and your horns don't fit. You know, they're not going to fit. I'm, I'm not arguing this like, look how sneaky I'm. I'm arguing yeah. this from the standpoint of there's fucking rules to protect us as non, you know, just regular ordinary yes. citizens for a reason. But yeah. That crosses not, the line. Not from a game warden. Game warden doesn't have to have probable cause. Nope. Driving down 75, a game warden can't just randomly stop a car. That's what's happening. But if they're stopping everybody. That's not like, that's not right either. I, I'm just saying they don't have to have probable cause to look in your cooler. They still have to have probable cause to stop you. Every law enforcement officer has to have a reason. And if they now, see if you a, were speeding, they see a set of horns sticking out of the back of your well, pickup yeah, truck, no shit. And that's probably what it was. Well, that, that's that's different. But I can remember when I first started hunting in Georgia thirty some years ago. They used to have you you would cut top a hill, and there would be a freezer truck sitting there. And game wardens checking to make sure your meat was tagged. And if it wasn't, they was loading them trucks. I mean, I, I've only been hit at a checkpoint once, and we were on Fort Campbell. And that was when Tristan killed his first deer. We come <laughs> rolling around the corner, and he had that little thing in the back, uh, spots on its rear end. I was like, it's not. Here, here, he's freaking out. He's like, I thought, it's a spot. It's fine. I was like, dude, number one, that's for some reason not illegal in Kentucky. Here in Kentucky. <laughs> uh, number two, that's not really a spotted fawn. It has three spots on its butt cheek. Like, I understand it's a tiny little button buck, but Tristan, you can date your cousin here. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a spotted fawn. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he was freaking out, and the game warden was sitting there stopping every single person. And he was parked at an intersection where you're you couldn't you couldn't get off the base without coming to that intersection. 
It was like a main intersection. Every single person in that was hunting in the in the back forty of Fort Campbell, as long as you were, excuse me, west of that intersection, mm-hmm. west, uh, as long as you weren't east of that intersection, yeah, you couldn't get around. You couldn't get around not coming to that intersection. So he was stopping everybody that came through there, checking to make sure because that was when they had the earn a buck program. So he was checking to make sure you didn't have a buck in the back of your truck about to hang a right and go check it in. Cause if you turned right there, you could go out and then go about two miles down the road and check it in at the gas station where we stopped yeah. that morning in the state of Tennessee, instead of going back to the check station on base. So he was checking to make sure you weren't killing a buck and trying to get off base with it. Yeah. I understand all that stuff. There's all kinds of ways around. You kill a deer in Georgia and you have a valid Florida hunting license. You know, you check it on your Florida registry and you drive across the state there's all kinds of ways around that. I mean, if you wanted to be duplic- duplicitous about it, because yeah. if they say, "Well, where'd you kill this deer? I killed it in killed it in Florida. Where? I killed it here, private land." And they keep, keep asking you questions. You'd be like, "Why am I? Why are you asking me questions?" You know. But I don't want to get into all that. I, the whole. No, I, I don't me. either. I I just it it uh, to to an extent it frustrates me because they want to make such a big deal about the the law of carrying meat back across and all that, and then right. do zero in the CWD hot zone uh, in the state of Florida to try and manage that. So how do I say this? I agree. I, I understand why. And I agree with the why, but the, you can't legislate this issue. You, you, not, not effectively. You're not, you're not really going to sl- other, other than the fact that the legislation maybe causes enough people pause as it reduces a little bit of the spread, but the from the the, re, the the actual prosecution of people criminally, I guess I guess that's the point. You have to have somebody, you have to cite them, you have to make an example out of somebody. But it's still kind of dumb. Well, and and two, uh, trying to stop the spread by stopping people from bringing meat in is not going to do anything to really stop the spread of CWD. I don't believe so. Uh, and you're not going to slow or stop the spread of CWD until they can come up with a way to test deer while they're still alive. Because once the deer's dead and you test it, (laughs) really, because once the deer's dead and you test it, it's too late. You stop the spread. (laughs) Yeah, it's too late. (laughs) It's dead. Yeah. Uh, It's already been in contact with But no, you can have the blood and the dirt, and if it grows a mushroom there. I understand all. I get it. I get it, man. I mean, lightning does strike. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Anyway, on to the next thing. Uh, you put we got Huntland availability, which you're not finding leases anywhere anymore. And for what they're costing to get on a new lease, I was actually talking with Briar about this today. Uh, him wanting to to get a deer lease, he wants to be able to take uh like his nephew and his kids have some place like that. Because I do agree, it is easier to uh, start a kid out deer hunting on private property. It's a uh, lower pressure than it is to try and do it on public land. And it's a little easier because, you know, you can get away with letting them sleep until 7 o'clock in the morning and then going out to the deer stand versus needing to be out there because you're going to ruin somebody else's hunt. At least on private property, you know where everybody's at. Right. But they're hard to come by. And the ones you do come across are stinking expensive. You got to wonder, too, what you're, if, you, if you do find one that's not expensive, uh, Ain't got no deer. Yeah, why? Why is it not expensive? <laughs> well, either it doesn't have any deer, or they're like, yeah, our lease is uh, it's only five hundred dollars a year. We've got we've got fifteen guys on uh, uh, four hundred acres. 
Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dog. And I'm mean, really like in public land, that's pretty that's pretty par- sparse area. You only got 15 guys in a 400 acre swath. Yeah. But when you're looking at a piece of private land, that's not what you're, I guess, really looking for. You, I'd, I'd rather have it more spread out, 400 acres. I don't want to put more than maybe five or six people on that. And some people would prefer even less. I'd say 100 acres a man. Yeah, that'd be that's ideal. Depends on the terrain you're in too, though. Because sure. if you well, you look at like the lease we have in Alabama, it's a hundred and like seven acres. Yeah, maybe maybe sixty acres of that is woods. Maybe the rest of it's agriculture. So you wouldn't want to put more than a person or two, which it's just me, you, and Jordan on that right now. Yeah, but and Ryland the deer slayer. Yeah, he's the one got the most out of that place. Well, I guess I did, you know, really. But <laughs> he don't mind. Good. He don't mind telling you how, how to hunt either. He's the, yeah. He thinks he knows what he's talking about. We were we were sitting there at dinner a while back, Jim, and he says, "Yeah, I killed this deer. Daddy hadn't killed any deer." And I turned to him and I said, "Boy, you're awful cocky for somebody who can't drive." And Amanda about spit her mouthful of food all over the table. <laughs> Who was sitting next to you, kid? Yeah. <laughs> Who woke you up? Exactly. <laughs> Who said, put that tablet down? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who put the blind up? He, uh, we, we sat there with Thanksgiving weekend. He's like, Dad, I, can I take a nap? Will you wake me up if deer steps out? I said, sure. So he kind of settles down, closes his eyes. I said, hey, there's a deer. He opens his eyes and he gives me a look like right. I was like, no, really, there's a deer standing right there at the feeder. Is <laughs> that little yearling. Yeah. And uh, he was like, and he never went to sleep the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> oh, uh, he sat with me last weekend, and he was on the tablet the whole time until just about five o'clock, and he put it down. I thought he must know something. <laughs> yeah. He said, "Yeah, it's time to start paying yeah. attention now." Which an hour? Yeah, yeah. that's a uh, <clears throat> yeah. Recent the last couple of years, gotten very much into waterfowling and. Admittedly, when it gets slow, that's like a habit you go to. Like, you know, when you're deer hunting, yeah, you start dicking around your phone. You can't do that duck hunting. No. That's how you get the ducks to come in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for me, it's like I got to answer a work call. Like, we'll sit there for 45 minutes, not see a thing. And all of a sudden, I got a, I got a work call. And I'm like, watch this. And I'm on it. And sure enough, boom, you know, they come down and start working. Right. And it's happened a couple times. But, yeah, if you're. You get engrossed in the phone. Next thing you know, you you hear him just come screaming by. You're like, fuck. I think private land has a lot of benefits, but if you were hunting in, an, in a place uh, where mature deer are more prevalent, I think you have a, I don't want to say it, uh, almost for lack of say a better opportunity to kill bigger deer more mature deer on public land only because when you're on private land and we saw this on the place we had in tifton you had that big 10 point that would come in occasionally to one feeder well that's all you ever saw him on never saw him anywhere else nope and all you could do is hope that he came into that spot in the daylight because you were limited by your property lines. You can't maneuver around to figure out, try and figure out where he is in the daylight because he's not on your property. 
Uh, you, we set up cameras here and there in that area. Never saw him on them, just right there. And and never seen where he was coming from. Right. Couldn't couldn't pick that either. So, it's uh, you you have the ability with a larger piece of public property, so it's easier to find big deer on private land, but it's harder to maneuver on them. Versus once you find a big deer on public land, you generally have a large area in which you can maneuver around and figure out where he's at in the daylight. So it's, but the hunt, again, the hunting pressure is considerably higher. Well, in most it's, of those it's the same thing with turkeys on, on private land. Unless you have a big piece of property, it's hard to hunt turkeys on a small piece, piece of land because they're the, you may see them. And, and we had prime examples. We'd see them right after we planted food plots, food plots that start coming up. You'd see turkeys. I mean, you'd see 30, 40 turkeys in a food plot. But yet, come turkey season, gone. Yeah, nowhere to be found. No, nowhere. I, I get it, man. And I just—that's pro- one I reason I never got into turkey hunting, just yeah. because that. I assume the hens are probably scouting out bedding areas to a certain extent, and God knows, man, you know, they—they'll have. It, it, they'll have multiple. You have a clutch of turkeys, and there's several gobblers' DNA in there. You know, yeah. So yeah. I, I assume they're doing their thing, and then. You know, besides, I've seen some, I've seen some mean ass hens out. You know, they'll come in. You know, if you got a hen decoy out there, I've seen hens come in, and smash the bejesus out of a hen decoy. <laughs> so I assume that they get rather territorial when they're when they're ready to go. I don't know. I don't yeah. know much about turkeys. We'll talk with Jay about that next week. I texted him today. I was like, "You still good for next week?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm good." I was like, "What you got going on?" He's like, "I'm fixing to go drag a deer out." I'm like, oh, that's so bad. <laughs> he must be in Alabama. Yeah, he's up there at Piney Woods <laughs> or on his property, on his on his parents' property, mm. his dad's property. I'm not sure. But when I talked to him a few weeks ago, he's like, anytime after the 10th, I'm good to go. And I was like, I know why you wait until the 10th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what is it with that anyway? Who ends? What state ends hunting season on a Saturday? I don't know. Why not go the full weekend? Let me have Sunday too. Yeah, make it the 11th. Yeah. No, it's the tenth, the last bastion of a blue oh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know because it start. What, but deer season in Alabama, I think it started on a Wednesday. Get your ass back to church, boy. Yeah, yeah it started on a Wednesday and ends on a Saturday. I don't know. I I would do. I I would believe though that the eleventh of February has a much larger church attendance. Not probably akin probably. to Easter, but yeah, larger than it has all deer season. I think. I think the internet has almost made it harder to find a hunting lease um, because of the competition, uh, whether it be different websites or people in general paying what they'll pay for it. I mean, you know, when we used to you pick up a newspaper and find a lease or somebody leasing land or a hunting club looking for people, you go on the Internet and it's loaded. But... They either want an arm and a leg, or we're real picky about our members. We're only gonna, you know, if you you, you gotta have a twenty twenty vision. You're only gonna <laughs> duck bow hunt. Um, you know, it's so many stipulations to it, and I I get it to to a point. But I saw a feller advertising. <clears throat> he called. They called it a lease. It was a self-guided turkey hunt. Fifteen hundred dollars, two birds. 
over whatever however many acres. I've seen and that. I was like, $1,500, and you ain't even going to call them in? you got to be kidding Well, me. that's like we looked at. Uh, and he called hybrid birds. Oh, the Easterns. Whatever, <laughs> you know, you kidding. Whatever that. I can't remember the name of that the website we were looking at and where you could. It's basically, it's basically like a, it's land trust is what it's called. Uh, it's like the air, uh, a hunting, uh, hunting centric Airbnb. Yeah. Short term property lease. And when it first started, it was almost that way to where you're looking at, uh, you, you have, somebody's got 200 acres and they'll lease it out to you for four days for this much money per person or for a group of people. And then as it went on and on, now you're looking at it like, oh man, look at that. That's a dang uh, hunt on thousand acres in Kentucky, and it's it's eight hundred bucks, and you realize it's eight hundred dollars a day, with a five day minimum or a seven day minimum, and I'm and you look and it's like, uh, big buck properties LLC. I'm like, oh, this is a guide service or a, a hunting ranch mm-hmm. that is now advertising on here, just breaking it down by the day cost. It's pretty savvy as far as the guide goes, you know, attracting other people, but. I think those guys, if you're somebody who's incredibly busy or whatever, you're just not in it and you just want to go out and you're going to have one hunt a year and you want to shoot one big buck and you've got the means. Amen. Oh I mean, yeah. That's go for it. Texas high, high fence properties live yeah. on. So, but it's just not how we're wired. You know I mean? Well, my only, I run the calendar by how I hunt. You know? <laughs> so, my only complaint with them setting with them doing that was that I don't know that that was the original intent of that website, which whatever no. they're making money on it, they don't care. But it makes it harder to filter through because there are still some where uh, the price is decent and you're getting access to two or three hundred acres in Ohio for a deer hunt or whatever. For and like the one we looked at, there it, it was what was it, twelve hundred a person? I think it was like a thousand, thousand a person for, but it that also included that had a three bedroom cabin on the property, so you included your lodging. Yeah, like in all reality, the price wasn't bad till they dumped the six hundred dollar booking fee on there. No, that's the crap. Yeah. If yeah. you're talking four hundred bucks yeah. a day for something like that, including lodging, that's actually pretty decent. Yeah, because it's it, going to cost you a fortune. Like I said, it was a good deal till yeah. they dumped the six hundred dollar booking fee on yeah. there. Yeah, it's. Uh... Well, that's probably going because I'm uh, probably going back to the website. But the, I mean, yeah. the thing, uh, the Ohio license really isn't that expensive. It's that healthy wiring in here. Yeah, can't know that H H L R B O. That's the that's one of them. Hellbro H L R B O is is the one you're looking using to find the lease. Which what they're really good for is finding a place, uh, and you message the guy and realize it never got pulled down. It is the Craigslist of deer leases. And it's and it's it's starting to I'm seeing more on there um where they're doing exactly what we were saying. They're this is two days, uh you can hunt here for two days or right. that type of it's not just Land Trust was the other one. The yeah. one I sent you. Yeah. But, if the price was reasonable and you just wanted to go hunt a different state to say you went. And if it's two hundred bucks a day like you can hunt three days here or something like that. That's actually not bad. No, you know, because no, especially if like, well, if there's stands and I don't know if they're putting corn out or who knows what. Some of them, some of them have stands. Some of them don't. I don't think the one in Ohio specifically had stands already there. So but well, no, but because they're also it, it also is a Airbnb. The yeah. house itself outside of hunting season. 
and they promote, oh, you can go hiking on the property and this, and that, and the other. So, uh, you know, how they're making money. I sure. hate them for it. No, no. I get it, though. That might be the, yeah. It was an Airbnb, but then all of a sudden people started noticing that at this Airbnb, there's deer in the yard. Yeah, hey, y'all got like, deer oh, here. Yeah. Hmm. You mind if I uh, I'll be, I'll be bring back my bow? Fall. Yeah. yeah. I'll come say, just bring my bow. Do a little yeah, hiking with my bow. I wouldn't even ask. Shwack. <laughs> <laughs> this one guy keeps wanting to come during deer season yeah he always rents it out peak rut that's interesting yeah <laughs> there used to be a lot of deer here uh, but there's actually a lot of states man and because I, I started going through and looking at uh boone and crockett's top 10 whitetail states this is another thing that blows my mind you go like from florida to georgia or florida to alabama the license price is absolutely asinine but you look at a non-resident license in most, in all, almost all the top ten states, they're extremely reasonable. Hundred, huh. hundred fifty bucks for a non-resident. Yeah, not four hundred and thirty. Yeah, for non-resident. Oh, whoa, that's because Georgia's making bank and all the guys getting off the peninsula. No, that was Alabama. Oh yeah, <laughs> Alabama. Alabama. Same, yeah. same difference. They're making they're yeah. making money on all the dudes coming up from Miami. Yeah. In in Alabama, they've they've got even a little bit smarter. You have to pay if you want to hunt over bait. You have to pay if you want to hunt hogs at night. Um, there's That's little additional fees 50 bucks, additional yeah. to your hunting license. So yeah, well. and everybody, not just not just one guy, everybody that's going to be hunting over bait has to have that also. So just think if Georgia would have done that years ago. No, their license would be the same price as Alabama's. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and then you go look at states. I think South Carolina is one of them. They charge you different depending on what state you're a resident of. Oh, like a reciprocity thing? I don't know if it is or not. But, like, if you're a resident of Tennessee coming to South Carolina to hunt, you pay less than if you're a resident of Florida. Sandy money, that's what it's about. I guess so. Sandy money. (laughs) Little they know, I'm broke too. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah, I'm poor. They don't watch your Yankees coming up from Florida. <laughs> Damn Yankees! Uh, I'm the only one here that was born in this state, in this room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Hunt licenses are getting out of hand. And you know what really ticks me off is that it's really not that expensive to come down here and hunt turkeys. Nope. When you look at how much it costs us to go deer hunt somewhere. Wonder and what then, that out of state fishing license is. Well forty seven bucks. For out of state fishing license? Yeah. That's all. Well, that ain't bad. That's for an annual, by the way. Oh. Forty seven dollars for freshwater, forty seven dollars for saltwater. I was talking to Tyke about this last okay. night, that's why I know. Thirty dollars for a seven day and seventeen dollars for a three day. Hmm. And if you go and fish on a charter, you don't have to have a license. Right. You're going under the captain's license. Right. Yeah. There was a couple guys getting bent out of shape about seeing some out-of-state plates down in uh, Big Cypress and things like that. Oh, they're coming down to kill our turkeys. And I'm like, man, when that dude shows up here from Tennessee or Pennsylvania or whatever and wanders into Big Cypress thinking he's going to kill turkeys. He had no idea what he he was getting into. That (laughs) motherfucker, he's just hoping to get out alive. Yeah, he's calling Panthers. That's all he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) Skeeter's alone, man. Let him go. Oh, dude. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's like the guy we talked to last week because we talked about uh, Seek a Deer Hunting last week with uh, Nick Marsilio. 
Uh, he's from was he from Pennsylvania? He's yeah from Pennsylvania, and he's going down to Maryland. Killed a sika deer down there, and the mosquitoes are supposedly absolutely terrible on that Maryland shore. And he said he wears uh, Sitka makes like a bug guard clothing that has a weave in it that keeps the bugs from mosquitoes from being able to penetrate through it. Really, get some he out. also gave us a trick uh, to try. He carries two hats to the stand and hangs one hat above him. He said the mosquitoes like from will go to a your, camera stand. The mosquitoes go to that hat, the highest point on your body, huh? So he hangs that second hat above him, and the mosquitoes they don't have the mosquitoes buzzing around his head. What do you I think? Gi- I'll, give, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I will too. Yeah, because even <laughs> if you, you know, even if try yeah. at this point, even when I've got a mesh around in a thermosel, you know, it's just when they're just outside the mesh, and Oh, it kills me. No, and they're while. they're still they're not going to bite you because they can't get through the mesh. But still, uh, just the noise. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. yeah. No. And and you can go you could go hours in the early season and like you, you'd sit there and you think in your head, God forbid, you say it out loud. You're like man, these mosquitoes ain't bad at all today, you know. And then everything's great. They don't come out. As soon as you get drawn back on a deer, you best guarantee a sucker's going to get you right here on the other side of your face. <laughs> he just latches on. Ain't nothing you can do about it at that point. When I when I shot your jaw real tight and <laughs> squeeze it, stinger off it. When I when I shot when I shot uh, that eight point eight point sitting right here in the middle of the table, I had I was at full draw for just a second and a mosquito right there on the side of my face. I let that arrow fly, hurt hit, slap him. There was two slaps if you're off in the distance. You heard <laughs> whack slap when I slapped myself in the face and killed that mosquito. <laughs> Damn things. <laughs> what else you got on the list, Will? Oh man, let's take a break real quick. All right, so next thing we got on the list is uh, the exclusion zone study done by the Jones Center at Ichiway. And I saw Lindsey Thomas post something about it on Facebook. Ichiway, Notchaway? Heck, if I know. Do you remember the Ichiway, Notchaway Creek? We'd no. We'd go over it going to Blakely? No, I don't. Okay. Blakely. But they, they built a 100-acre uh, exclusion zone um, with a four-foot fence, electrified fence, and then uh, <clears throat> built it to keep coyotes from digging under, getting over, and then went and heavily and trapped everything out of that hundred acres inside of there. And the reason they chose a four foot fence is because the deer could jump it easy, but electrifying it kept coyotes and bobcats out. Then they continued to trap inside that fence for anything that happened to get through. So deer recognized the relative safety of the exclusion zone chose that to have fawns and they saw twice as many doe fawn pairs inside the exclusion zone as they saw outside the exclusion zone. Which shows just the effectiveness of trapping. How how that can affect your property. Which kind of wonder about it, it's so hard to maintain. It'd be so hard to maintain that much even with a road on each side to maintain that much electric fence cuz one tree branch, yeah, and you're done. I, I've I've seen articles on uh, growing deer um, where they've trapping because of turkeys, out right. coons, possums, and they do a lot of trapping on there on that on that property. What they call it, proven grounds, right? To keep predators from the turkey eggs. So you know, so I was talking to a gentleman, which we will have on the podcast here in a few weeks, to talk about uh, trapping predators. And he does uh, a lot of work for different uh, 
LLCs on properties and, and traps. He exclusively does that for work. Traps, coyotes, uh, bobcats, possums, raccoons, everything, right? And then he said on the properties where they're heavily concerned, he's mainly trapping for turkey. He said, I even carry poison, and every time I see an ant bed, I dump it on an ant bed to kill the ants. Mm. And that's not something that ever crossed my mind to do, but reality, it's a bag of seven dust isn't all that expensive. No. And to carry it around on the tractor and the truck, or when you, and when you see one of those ant beds, because ants will tear up a turkey baby turkey. Yeah, oh, yeah, turkey poults like crazy. Can you imagine them Georgia fire ants? Ooh. Ooh. They would, that bird wouldn't even make it out no. of the nest. No. Well, that's the point, man. The yeah. eggs hatch and yeah. they come running. Yeah. So... Oh, yeah, because then you got all that, the oil and stuff from the inside of the egg. and, and all. Yeah, no, the, the nest gets filled with ants, and they're just gone. But destroying ant beds, I could imagine, would make quite a difference. But what he also said was he had seen some properties where they had done a very good job of killing literally everything inside the fence. And he was talking about a high-fence ranch where he he doesn't work for them anymore. They've done a great job of killing literally everything. Then they stocked it full of deer. Well, inevitably, coyotes do get in there. And because there aren't any mice, there aren't any rabbits, there aren't any squirrels, there none of the other small game, the only thing they eat is deer. So when they get in there, they heavily hit whitetail fawns and any small deer they can. Mm-hmm. It's like, so you can't go too far. And that goes to say, too, with property management, you're doing yourself kind of a favor especially if you're not trapping and making sure that you have enough um, cover so that you do have small game like rabbits and uh, squirrels and other ground creatures like that so that when you do have coyotes, they can come get a hold of a rabbit instead of a deer fawn. We have no shortage of squirrels in Alabama. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you go back to the UPO Nation page, you see my hashtag high fence yeah. post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're going to... Uh, that was a slow day. <laughs> Unfortunately, I got pictures like that, but they're raccoons. Oh, I'd have to oh, I've got that. them on the trail camera at night. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to get some boys to come down first weekend of March to our lease in Georgia and uh, run their championship coon dogs and, you know. How far oh. are you guys from Benning? Well, it's not Benning anymore. It's uh, Fort Moore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they changed two the name. And a half, two and a half, three hours. I can you get you get a hold of a can't think of his name. If they don't come, there's a guy that, that we had him on the podcast. He does that. He'll go run. You can go run with him. That's the plan is to run yeah. with him. But he runs. He runs. I'd like to go through a whole box time. of twenty two ammunition on him. Sons of he's a he's an army uh, retired army colonel, lieutenant colonel. Um, out of most of his time was spent there at, at Fort Moore. Okay, uh, but. Uh, he now he lives in uh, I can't remember the city of Alabama that's just on the west side of the fort there, but because that fort also straddles Georgia and Alabama. But we had him on the podcast, Columbia, uh, Columbia, Columbus. I don't think so. No, Columbus is in Georgia. It is some podunk, no name. I mean, barely got a post office. Tiny Alabama town in. Fort Benning just barely scoots over into it. Fort Benning, Fort Moore, whatever. Okay. They went and renamed all the military bases that were named after uh, the generals that won. Confederate generals. Yeah. 
But uh, I mean, I don't. I mean, Fort Moore. That's named after Hal Moore, which if you've ever seen, uh, yeah. we were soldiers once and young. That's your that 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 Hal Moore. Uh, but I don't know. The exclusion zone is a really neat study, and I've reached out to them. Hopefully, we can get them on. I'd love to hear more about that. Phoenix City, Phoenix City, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I I find that interesting, and trapping in and of itself can help you produce. Uh, when I started reading on that, the people saying that they see more uh, doe deer fawns around houses, and other studies showed to see more doe deer fawns next to the highway. And that's all based on uh, the fact that you see less predators there because there is a danger threat and less game. I go, I mean buzzards, but from a distance, though it's. Uh, I mean, I guess you could be a jerk about it, but <clears throat> trap unlawfully. But when you you've got to go out and check your traps so you're doing it from a distance oh yeah i know it's tough yeah 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 you gotta go if you if you're going up uh like traveling from here to georgia and you can't trap in florida which is can't on private land i don't think so i think you can use foothold traps yeah i think you have to use uh like the have a heart cage traps which you're not going to catch a coyote in one of those. Not any oh. regular. You, he's got to be desperate, <laughs> desperate. Yeah, but before he's going to go anything. Oh, you can, you can catch the crap out of raccoons. You can though. catch him in Metro West, and I'll just say that. Right, like I said, desperate. <laughs> got to be desperate. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you can catch all kinds, all manner of like ground little ground predators, coons and possums and stuff like that. Which again, for turkeys, is sure. a great thing. Uh, but. I don't know. I, you know, I haven't heard, never heard coyotes up in Alabama, maybe once. I don't hear them as often. I just heard a pack of them fire up right across the corner, across the intersection over here last night. Hmm. But. Must have been awful quiet out. The the uh, police car drove by and got oh. them all started up. <laughs> That'll do it. But, I don't know. The, the, the coyotes. Either that'll do it or your feet hitting the ground when it's pitch dark outside and you're out of bullets and you're walking back to your four-wheeler and they start up. They hear hear your feet hit the ground. (laughs) We used to hear them all the time up in Tennessee, but I hardly ever saw them. In fact, I'm trying to think of the last time I saw a coyote from the deer stand. It's been a while. I know. Because I had a shot at it. Last one I saw, I shot. Yeah. We we shouldn't be... We'll get them, and it's like all of a sudden you start seeing a couple on camera, and we get them, and then we'll plunk a few or whatnot, and then also they just seem to go away. Like they, uh, we don't have cons, and I'm happy that we don't seem to have consistent coyotes. Get the same thing with pigs. I'll smoke some pigs on camera, and then they're gone. I assume that maybe the locals are thinning them out. Like guys just driving around on Friday night, you know, eh, driving the dirt roads, and look at that whack. Who knows? I think that's what's happened to our place in Alabama the same way. Locals are, because I haven't seen hogs on camera in a while. And uh, when we were up there last time, there was four dead ones in the ditch. And I'd seen track, truck tires out across the agriculture, so I'm like, whatever. 
you can't really do anything to stop it. No, I know. When you're not there half the time. No, I mean, well, there's a lot of guys that I'm get, I was getting 15, 16 deer on camera at night, but not a single one in the daytime. So, I mean, they're seriously nocturnal up there. Yeah. I don't know. Muzzleloader season. What about it? I mean, wandering around in the middle of the day during muzzleloader season. Oh, yeah. That's it's it's pressure. They yeah. were daylight yeah. all the time, uh, really, until rifle season started. So, uh, all right. Now, Jim, you brought up hunting over bait. Waterfowling. So, without getting too into the details, I was hunting, uh, I was hunting with a friend, and, and we were near some residences. But public lake, you know, all, all good. And the guy comes down and starts. We killed some wood ducks. The guy comes down and starts yammering at us. And I ignored him. And he keeps yammering and yammering and yammering. And finally. You didn't try to educate him like you did with the lady that was yelling at you while we were shooting iguanas? I did, as a matter of fact. I stood up (laughs) and very forcefully stated that he was interfering with a lawful pursuit of waterfowl on a public lake. <laughs> and then he kept yammering, and I informed him again that if he kept chatting at me that I'd have him charged. And then he kept yammering, and I just told him, shut up. And after the second shut up, he slunk off. But then he came back, and he said, I figured he'd, he'd done some checking. He said, this is a federally approved bait area. And... I just ignored him for a little while, but then he went and sat out on his dock and it just, it became untenable. And he called a buddy who pulled up in his boat and the boat, you know, and he, he you know, he's the boat guy said, excuse me, sir, would you mind moving on? We're trying to hunt here. And he said, Oh, I didn't see you. That's a, that's okay. And I, and, and he goes, well, it is a public lake. And, uh, so I started, I just asked him if I said, you know, dear Mr. NR two O whatever boat registration is your boat currently registered? <whistles> Up comes the spot lock. <whistles> Tells again, dot good luck. <laughs> but it did get me to thinking about bait, um, and when I really started looking into it, because I, you know, I was like, that's kind of BS that you all of a sudden start. Oh, I bait. <clears throat> well, oddly enough, because you would think that baiting. Waterfowl is unlawful, right? Right. And it certainly is to hunt over it. But specifically, uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife on there on the site, when they get into bait, it clearly states that the, the, the responsibility to not hunt over bait is entirely on the hunter. And they use specific examples that bird watchers will use, will throw down bait to attract birds for their hobby. Mm-hmm. And that, duck hunters can't hunt over those sites and that it's your responsibility to basically make sure things like that aren't present. I, I love it, man. That's, that's rather harsh, right? Um, but that's just the way the rules are. And, and then the other thing that I learned in my investigating and reading is that there's no distance rule. Like say, well, what would be fair? And they specifically say there's no distance rule. The determinations will be made based on things like distance, terrain, 
other features on a case-by-case basis, which means if a wildlife officer writes you up, you have to defend yourself and try to prove that you are not hunting over bait intentionally. So the only thing I could think about, I know you're you're screwing up your face, but the, the law is pretty damn... The rules are pretty damning against hunters as far as that goes. Oh, The only way no I could doubt. come up to, de- to no defend doubt. it was, especially if you're going to hunt anywhere within a country mile of a house, before you go out, take the time, uh, videotape the area, and keep a log, man. Like, you know, I'm, I don't see – it's a prudent man standard, right? I don't see right. any bird feeders. I don't – there ain't nobody out here throwing bread. You know, it – a, a prudent man would, who's done his homework would not come to the conclusion that there's bait there. Because what I was more worried about is he gets somebody who really wants to be a jackass, and there may not be bait there. And there may not have been bait there in a month of Sundays, but then all of a sudden he goes out and tears up a loaf of bread or you know, throws out a whole package of sunflower seeds or something like that and says, look, there's bait, right? And that's... That's, yeah, that's, I was yeah. gonna say, and, and I made the face because you turn it into a he said, she said. Because say, and I think about a spot in particular that used to be a really good whistler hole uh, until all of a sudden it wasn't. And Jordan was like, "I'm pretty sure that guy there he might have had something in his yard because the birds were always in the yard, oh, yeah. but they were underneath a big tree. And yeah, I mean, I thought they were eating something out of the tree, but of course, you see those birds in that area; they're all over the place in the grass and people's well, and, yards. And until we start cleaning them, then you find corn in them. Find corn in them. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody <laughs> around there's feeding them, right? Yeah, because they're not. There's no cornfields around here, so they're getting it from somewhere. Uh, but the the thing is, is say when you showed up there. Uh, there isn't corn in the yard. Well, he doesn't take kindly to the fact that I'm hunting there, so he goes and throws corn in his yard, and then calls the law. Exactly. Well, that that was my concern. So that's why you know we could sit here all day long and talk about the woulda, coulda, shoulda, but the the advice to anybody listens podcast is that if you cyoa if you could yeah cover your own ass if you if you can demonstrate that you're consistently keeping you're, you're doing your homework it's not just a one-off event like oh you did that because you knew there was bait here and you just made it look like there was you know i do it all the time it's just something i'm going to kind of put into my my practice and, and certainly be a little bit more <coughs> keen about that because um, people do want to ruin your day you know I, I realize that most people are completely ignorant of what sportsmen can do on public water. Right. Right. I get it, man. You're out there for 300 days a year. You don't see anybody. You don't hear any gunfire in your lake. But for those 60 days, all of a sudden, what the hell is going on? Right. And especially if you come from another state where perhaps there are other rules, um, you just think that must be universal because they don't know. They didn't really know the rules in their own state. But then they come down here and assume it's the same thing and they they. They don't know that. No, in reality, in Florida, as long as they don't shoot at you or over you, you could be sitting on your boat dock, and I could be sitting right next to you, whacking away at waterfall if I wanted, and I'm doing nothing unlawful. I'm, I'm skipping around the unethical or trying to be an asshole or things like that. Right. But uh, so to be clear, in that place we were hunting, we were well over 300 yards away from the house and all the other things, or, or 300 feet. We were we were outside the the recommended polite distance. We were playing by all the rules, but it didn't matter. The guy just wanted to be an asshole. That so. people are people. Yeah. 
But that was a concern that I had, like when we went up to uh, Georgia for a small game hunt, because we did duck hunt quite a bit when we were up there. And it's always been a concern of mine hunting that specific, one of those specific spots, because, dude, the wood ducks are in there thick. Well, normally they are. This last year, somebody had to go and shoot the roost. And I pretty much confirmed that by talking to a local guy. He's like, yeah, them boys been right up in here on that back tree line over there just wearing them out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, but I went after it. Ever since the opening duck season, we ain't seen nothing. I'm like, yeah, because they went over there and shot the piss out of the roost and the birds quit coming over here. Uh, So my concern was always in that spot, you could throw corn and I couldn't see it. It ain't but maybe a foot and a half deep, two feet, but it is mud water. It's almost a slurry of mud and water. Yeah. And I, I couldn't see it unless I went and drug it. But yeah. the thing is, too, and, you know, something else, and this is purely on assumption based on what I observed and listened there is that if you're a Georgia resident, you're allowed to shoot ducks uh, at least 45 minutes before sunrise and 30 minutes after sunset. That was just based completely on the amount of shooting going on well before. One oh, 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 I was like, I don't think those are. Uh, I think it's two sunsets. He, he pulled that one on me, too. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia. It's, it's about the same in Alabama. We're, we were too. sitting there. We're yeah. sitting there. Georgia it's, ground it's, rules. It's a, solid, it's a solid 45 minutes to daylight. Yeah. And you just hear. Bow, 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 bow. And Matt goes, are we allowed to shoot? I said, they're Georgia residents. It's fine. Just not us. Sunrise somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There must be further east than we are, uh, but no. <laughs> Man, that was that was rough. That went from a spot where in the past we have seen over a hundred wood ducks in in twenty minutes, right at you know just before and just after sunrise, to in the entire weekend, and we actively went in the afternoons and tried to watch ducks come back to the roost. I think of the whole week, and we might have counted thirty birds. That's still a pretty decent number. To go from hundreds no, hundred, yeah. to, to 30 birds is terrible. And when there's only 30 birds coming through there, it wasn't much. The first morning wasn't terrible. I mean, we got a shot, few shot opportunities at some birds, but not like we had in the past. Well, that's kind of the issue anywhere you have wood ducks is, you know, if you've got a hole and I, I've seen it, you know, guys, they have five dudes packed into a boat and they go out and shoot 15 wood ducks. I'm like, well... That that hole is not just done for the season. That hole is probably done for a couple of years, right? They they just you know the wood ducks are clannish. They like a certain area, and then you shoot them out, and they're gone, right? You yeah, I won't be I won't be going back to that restack. spot trying to hunt wood ducks for a while. And it's a shame because I just found the daggum scaffolding last year. <laughs> the one wood duck hole had like a. a two sections of scaffolding with wood at the top so you could stand up because a lot of it was trees that were about 15 feet tall uh-huh. with some open spots. So when the wood ducks, you know, if somebody got in the next hole over and shot, the wood ducks would be too high for you to stand in the water. But if you're on top of that scaffolding, yeah. you're good to go, bud. <laughs> and you were still they surrounded by trees. You were just in the tree tops instead of down in the water. Uh, <laughs> That's well thought out. We discovered that the last hunt last year. Uh, or 2022, and then went back to it this year and got up in it. Uh, and but there were no damn ducks. Hmm. So, but you know what's funny is the gentleman we talked to, he's like, I ain't even seen a squirrel. He said, I, I used to come out here and kill a bunch of lemon or two. And I said, I ain't seen but six. And we didn't hardly see any squirrels either. Yeah, squirrels do that. I, I can't figure squirrels out. Sometimes they're thick, sometimes they're not. 
Briar and I had a hole that actually he found it and we hunted it. And man, we didn't see nobody. Like, I don't think we never saw anybody. And then last year, saw one other boat. This year, no bueno, man. Everybody was in there. Like, people have found our own. And I, all I could think about is that they heard us hunting. We're like, where are them shots coming from? Yeah. Right? And then they start Time checking to invest in the old Salvo 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <The> shotgun suppressor. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's hunting. They'll move around. Yeah, you get in there and the pressure up goes up and then the ducks go somewhere else and you find that spot and shoot them there until the pressure gets high and then it goes somewhere else and... You're not going to shoot them out of existence. You're just going to shoot them out of existing in a particular spot for some time. Yeah, they'll find some place. Yeah. Have uh, they built they built houses back there in the old Whistler hole? Oh, yeah. Have they? I yeah. Oh, I know where you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know where you are. Yeah, we put a wood duck box in there. Yeah. Yeah, we well, used to I'll, sit. I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's... it's uh, it's just one of those things. Uh, they're going to move the same. Same with deer. Yep. And you you get deer, and you saw it when the rifle season kicked up on the private or on the public land near our, on Alabama. That's when that eight point showed up. Yeah. That's when he started showing up on camera pretty regular. He moved out of where he was getting pressured and into where he wasn't. So that general area, he's still not <laughs> that general yeah. area that you guys were talking about for the whistlers. I mean, the the general area is. <laughs> Yeah, the hard part is trying to figure out. Yeah, how can I actually? Like, for, it's not just. It, it's more than can I hunt here without. You might always piss one person off just because they want to be pissy, but it, that's just a hard place to hunt. You know, like yeah. you, you, maybe at this point, even hunt there without really putting yourself in jeopardy of the. You had to be careful. Well, at which that time, you shot. Yeah. At that time, there were there weren't houses there. That was all undeveloped land, uh, okay. except for well, the one side, except the one for side. the one backside. Yeah. yeah, so you could sit and shoot back towards the lake all day. There were no houses there for a long ways. It was all undeveloped. Now, ever since that went up, and they the the Whistler thing, it seemed like the Whistlers disappeared when that for sale sign went up right there on the other side of the Whistler hole. I'm sure the little island's still there. Oh yeah, yeah. It could yeah, be somebody there. shot it out too. Who knows? Could be, or th- there was actually corn in that guy's backyard, and we just didn't know it, and now it's not there anymore. I don't know. I like whistling ducks, man. Oh, they're they're fun. Smoked whistling duck. Oh, so good. Well, I just heard some when I went to go oh, put the chickens away tonight. Popper whistling ducks. Somebody what? I just heard whistlers when I went to put the chickens up tonight. Oh yeah, flying yeah. over. Yeah. I used to hear them at the house. Well, your mom could hear them better than I could, but I haven't heard them in a while. I haven't heard them here in a while, but I heard them last night. Have you seen the dang ringnecks all on the retention pond right there at 441 and East Crooked Lake Road? Mm-hmm. No. Holy cow. I bet there's 150 of them. There was a gazillion of them in Lake Nona the other week when I was yeah. out there. I was like, oh, they are you, ain't, you ain't hunting them there. I usually only see uh, hooded mergansers in that in that little retention pond, but the last few days it has been slap Full of ringnecks. What about the pond behind Hardy's? Have you checked that one? I have not. I've <laughs> no, gone to that one and seen two hundred whistlers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
And that's where you start looking like the closest spot to the lake is here. <laughs> oh, that's somebody's house. Let me go here. You start drawing lines from that retention pond out to mm-hmm. the lake behind it. Oh, good Lord. <clears throat> the whistling ducks, though, there just seems to be more and more and more of them. I think because they don't, you know, they get pretty smart right after the season starts and they don't go out on the mud banks. But, or you know, they... They have two clutches a year as well. Yeah, and they fly to and fro places where it's tough to hunt them. You know, I've got a couple spots where, man, if it's cloudy and rainy, like I know where they fly over, but most of the time they're too high. But if it's really overcast, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and whistling ducks, man, I don't know if you've ever seen, like you see a group, uh, a wood duck hen with, with some babies. She's got like six. You go see a whistling duck with a bunch of babies. She's got like 15. Yeah, well. More she, power to it, man. Yeah. You get, yeah. She's getting followed so by a cloud of yellow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they, they gaggle and you, <clears throat> you blast one up front and all of a sudden they all kind of hold up, which makes it wham, wham, wham. And they, you get a chance to reload. <laughs> wham, wham, wham. <laughs> they, respond, they respond well to calling. They, and yeah. you don't have to have a call. You just got to have duck, uh, like the dog toy squeakers. <laughs> No, get you go buy you a bunch of the uh, like dog toy squeakers off of Amazon, just the plastic things. When they go over, everybody in the boat. That's it. Uh, everybody in the boat has them. You start going, and they'll turn right around and come back to that. Man, I've had them around me at night on the packs, and they'll come. They're all peeping, and they slow down. And but I can just and they'll start just that whistle. I think a lot of it is more cadence. Than it is pitch with those things. S.J. Kelly says it I've is. I've got his call. I love it. Oh, yeah. I had one. I lost it. I need to get another one. He says it's who the hell do you think you are? Maybe. <laughs> that does it. Yeah, that that's the word. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, that's the cadence he gives you to use the call with us. Who the hell do you think you are? That's like when you do a, a barred owl. Who cooks for you? Who cooks for you all? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a, a a proud moment for me when we were in Georgia because uh, the first morning, first morning we were out there, I wandered away from the group further down the bank, and I heard a barred owl off in the woods, and I hooted back to him, and I heard a friend of AJ's. He goes, "Damn, there's an owl right here in a tree next to us," and then Matt goes, "That's just Will." <laughs> Good one. I was like, "Yeah, all right, I still got it, still got it." <laughs> Well, I mean, you got this is this is it. Duck season's over. The youth we the youth hunt. By the time you hear this, it's over. Uh, deer season is one more day in Alabama. Over. Two more days in Alabama if you count tomorrow. So yeah, you got. Uh, I think North Florida goes to the 18th. I so say you got a little for a little longer in, yeah. in North Florida, but pretty much it's it's over. Yeah, turkey season's right around the corner. It is. Old tur- Tony feels turkey season spring. finishes up. There's like two weekends, and deer season starts in South Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Got the Fourth of July, and then it's deer season. Yeah. Oh, but I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to uh, it getting, and it's odd to say this, a little bit warmer. And I say that until it gets warm that I don't like anymore. But taking the kids back out and and uh, bass fishing with shiners again, where we did last year, yeah. they had a friggin' blast. I wouldn't. I don't, know, man. I just, I just haven't bought one, but I wouldn't mind getting a couple of them air rifles like Janot had and making a trip back down to shoot some more iguanas. Yeah, <laughs> just 
That was that was a blast. That's something Finn. I gotta I gotta take you to do one time, Dad. We gotta go down there and do that. Shoot lizards. Oh yeah. man. It's it's one of those things. Like I said, when we were there, when we drove around, like going to that one, I'm like, I ain't seen iguanas anywhere. I thought they were supposed to be everywhere. Then we yeah. get there to the boat ramp, and you're like, oh, look, there's an iguana. And then you go the entire day, and then you start to you learn how to spot them. You get the iguana eye. Right. It's like seeing deer. <laughs> yeah. And you realize and then, you're surrounded. Yeah. You, <laughs> as you're driving back, you're like, oh, shit, there's one. There's another one. There's, there's all on the side of the road everywhere. <laughs> Find them in the, uh, try to gig them out of the tree at, behind the Airbnb, you know, because they were in the tree. <laughs> but it's a neat, and one day you can go out there and whack all the Muscovies you, you care to shoot. You might even get an Egyptian goose, uh, tilapia with the gig. Uh, and then, I mean, as far as iguanas go, if you wanted to make an entire day of it, you, you might sink the boat. Oh, easy, but then cleaning the dang thing. They're not easy to clean. That skin is tough well, to pull off imagine. of there. But they taste good. I was wondering if you could get away with doing the, sure. the air gun thing. You know, mm-hmm. where you, you punch a little hole in it, you stick you stick an air gun up there and, <laughs> and poof, blow them up. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I can tell you, uh, the uh, I, you could definitely make stuff out of their skin, though. That skin's tough. Make a wallet, stuff like that out of it. Boots. Oh, you could, yeah. It's super thin, but it is very, very tough skin. So, what'd you like the most on the iguana? I I really like the legs, but that's a lot of work. The legs were chicken wings, man. Yeah, (laughs) the tail was pretty damn good too. But it was it was kind of like you you a dark meat chicken guy or a white meat chicken guy? I'm a chicken guy. Yeah, it was good. I don't I don't really notice the difference in the two. I mean, chicken breast has got a lot more to it, and that's white meat. But I don't dry. Yeah, I used to I be a breast man. Different, and I don't notice a distinct taste difference dry, between. Jim, if you cook it dry, I like thighs. Thighs yeah. are thighs are usually always moist, but yeah, breasts are only dry if you cook them dry. Well, I've got to the point now where I'd rather just cook a whole half chicken. Yeah, I I I let it cook and skin the chicken with the skin on, mm-hmm. cut up with the skin on. I spatchcocked a whole chicken, and yeah. that was really good. Just kept it lathered in butter and bacon grease the whole time. And it was delicious. But I, I think uh, the legs are really good. Uh, and the tail, uh, I like the flavor of the tail better. But the consistency was, the consistency difference in the two was, there was a big difference. The tail almost had a consistency of uh, like shrimp. Mm. Kind of a crisp like the way shrimp bites versus yeah. the 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 leg meat tasted it had the consistency of chicken, but it was all good. Yeah, when you got that on your plate, you know you're looking at a tail, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but you could take the tail and take your finger and just scoop the meat off of right. it. Right. Yeah, it wasn't like you had to eat around the bone or anything. Uh, and then uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I thought that the uh, it. The barracuda was good, uh, but evidently something in one of those fish didn't agree with me to think it was you very were good. Splotchy, yeah. <laughs> I uh, definitely had a large reaction to something. Yeah. Uh, I would take uh, Benadryl with me next time because Jordan's like, "What are you going to do?" I was like, "I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> like, I don't know what else I can do." <laughs> like, well, because the next morning, perfectly fine. My throat wasn't closing up; I was just hot. Well, you you had that, but I felt. Like that night, I went to bed early, if you remember. Yeah. Like I was just 
like I felt, I thought I had a cold coming on. Um, but I conked out early and next woke, woke up the next morning. Like that was odd. So I'm wondering if maybe it could have been a mild case of ciguatera. It affects everybody differently. Yeah. Suppose what well, we thought we were eating. What do we think we were eating? <laughs> That's pretty bad. Some other fish. You don't know what you were the, eating. Uh, bonita. No, no, we fished with the bonita and broke off on something pretty dang big. We caught something was. good, and I can't. Was it a wahoo? Maybe whatever it was, put uh, up a dang fight for a minute, and we had it going. And then no, it we landed. Yeah. A, we landed. A, a, I mean, a, a really good fish, and I forget if it was a wahoo or. And then we also landed the barracuda, which I was shocked that we were going to eat that. And I don't know, whatever, man. But we thought we were eating. I guess wahoo. We were eating barracuda. Oh no! Uh, it was uh, either king or Spanish mackerel was the other one we had that was fairly big. It wasn't it's a green king. marlin, was it? Mm. We we had a we had a mackerel of some kind. Oh okay, well, that, was, that was Spanish. Big. Yeah. Don't I they usually we... make fish dip out of Spanish mackerel? I love them. so Spanish mackerel for the uninitiated. It does make absolutely fantastic fish dip, but man. You bleed those things and ice them down, makes absolutely fantastic sashimi. Hmm. Like, to die for. My buddy Jason, we, he gets into them pretty thick up in the panhandle. And when, he, when he's got several on board, bleeds them. And uh, we make up a little soy and wasabi. And it's, it's fantastic. That and we had a bunch of grunt. And then I hooked into a big old snook at the dock. But lost it. Oh, we couldn't have put him in the box anyway. No, but I'd have loved to get his that big old giant behind out of the water. Yeah. Wasn't much uh like a fight because I was fishing with a dag up deep sea rods. Just kinda of horsed him <laughs> up to the dock. Yeah. <laughs> the one I caught last summer was that's what I was fishing with. Yeah. Big rods. <laughs> if I was fishing with a regular like uh inshore rod, he'd have spooled my ass. <laughs> Uh, but I had a daggum spinning rod. It was about that bigger bell, about you know four inches around. Yeah. He didn't have a chance. Uh, but well, I guess he did. He cut me off on the barnacles <laughs> on the dock, and that was it. Yeah. Or spit the hook one. I don't remember which one it was. But everybody's yelling, "Get the net, dude!" They, that snook was big enough that other boats were coming towards us with a net yeah. when I hooked into it. Yeah. You know, if, if we had the exact same weather that we had, we went down there for Briar's bachelor party. We could have been out there in the reef in the duck boat. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was flat as a pancake, man. Yeah. I mean, we'd have been some rednickety mothers out there, though. <laughs> yeah, but you, you act like it. You, We were, you know, we went on that deep sea fishing trip. Every time I've gone deep sea fishing before that, I expected to not have cell phone signal. We were in 400 feet of water, and I could see the shore. You could. Oh, you were far enough you down. Could t- yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. You could have swam in. Oh, yeah. And didn't have to be you a great swimmer. You could see people walking on the shore. <laughs> yeah. We were so close to shore. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, that that had my phone the whole time, playing music over the daggum Bluetooth on the on the boat. Yep. But, well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. You guys got any closing thoughts? I'll tell you, deer season's over, duck season's over. Now's the time to get ready for next deer season or duck season. That's all you can do. No better time than the present. I got to go pick my bow up tomorrow, and then uh, no, I guess tomorrow afternoon starts getting ready for bow season. Like I said earlier, remember, guys, February fourteenth. What happens in nine months from there? So be yeah. careful. 
March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Rut. Yeah. The rut you got now is going to stop you from getting in the rut. Exactly. That's going to happen then. Oh. Well, man, going to hunt snow geese next week. We'll see if that works out. Yeah, you kind of got a little wet. The, The mud last time you went last year, didn't you? It rained like crazy. So, and then our last day of the hunt, it was balmy with like 25 mile an hour winds coming dead out of the south. And we watched what, I don't know if it was a million, but it was, no, probably a million's a big number. But I, I think very safely, hundreds of thousands of geese just flying by in the jet stream. I mean, just. I don't know. Way up in the air, man. She kept going all morning. Everybody was heading north. So looks like the weather's going to be good this year. It's uh, southerly winds for the first part of the week, but when we arrive, the winds are mild and out of the northwest. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping it brings them brings them to Arkansas, and then they stop. Well, we'll see. At least momentarily. Yeah. I'd like to bring several back. I'd like to smoke a few. Hmm. Or I had uh, some some goose pastrami. Oh yeah, I'll make some good. pastrami. I like yeah. that. Uh, I had a uh, friend out in Washington make some and mail it to me, and it was delicious. Yeah. But all right, we'll catch you guys next week.